Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Wally Zerbiak back in 1999 at Miami of Ohio, as it was called back then. Got to the Sweet 16. College basketball analyst for CBS and an analyst for the Knicks as well. What was it like after the first weekend back in 1999 when you go back to campus how crazy is it, and are you treated differently? Absolutely. Um, you know, coming from a small school like Miami, you know, obviously we had a good senior season and we were winning basketball games, so we had sellouts at our arena. But when we got back, I remember at like 1 in the morning after uh, flying home from New Orleans, there was a bunch of students waiting for us right in front of the arena when we were going into our locker room. It was absolute pandemonium. I remember the next day heading to class. It was just like I've never felt more like a rock star than uh, those couple <laughs> days on campus. I mean, honestly, it was amazing. It was a whirlwind also with a lot of interviews. Our sports information director did a great job of organizing our interviews because there was a lot of national stuff coming in and we just needed to still stay focused on winning because we had a game to play on Thursday that week against uh, Kentucky in the Sweet 16. So it was a memorable week, memorable time, and one I'll cherish and never forget. Who was on Kentucky at that time? They had a great team. Uh, Jamal McGlure came off the bench, Tayshawn Prince, um, Saul Smith, uh, Keith Bogans, um, Wayne Turner. I mean, they had like uh, Bradley was the center that started uh, Scott Padgett. I think they had five, six pros. Uh, and I think they ended up losing the Michigan State, though, in the regional final to go to the final four. What advice would you give Florida Atlantic or Princeton? Because you can surprise people, maybe one game, maybe two. Now you mm -hmm. get a week to prepare for Princeton and Florida Atlantic. Um, well, I think what they're doing, they're very capable. They have to just play their game and play at a high level. What I've been so impressed with with Princeton is they went up against one of the biggest, strongest, 
most physical and size dominant teams in the NCAA tournament in Arizona and the whole entire country, quite frankly, and they out-rebounded them. And they also had six blocks to their one. So to me, that shows that they can match up physically, size-wise, strength-wise, you know, all those controllable kind of statistics where normally a smaller school will get dominated on the boards. They'll look small. They'll be getting their shots blocked when they go into the paint. But as far as Princeton goes, that's not how it was. In their second-round game, they completely dominated that game, too. They dominated the boards big time. So I think if they just continue to play their game, play physical, they have a great chance to move on because that team is old, that team is mature, that team is seasoned, that team has been in really, really close games. Every single year, it seems like they're in a final possession game to make it to the NCAA tournament against Yale against Cornell, against uh, who knows, you know, one of those other schools that are in the Ivy League that are really top-notch basketball. So Florida Atlantic, the same way. They're an old, mature team. They bring a bunch of guys off the bench that can really play. Well, you look at these games. Michigan State is now favored against K-State. Arkansas uh, getting four and a half against Connecticut. Florida Atlantic getting five against Tennessee. And Gonzaga is getting one and a half against UCLA. What do you think happens in those games? Um... Listen, uh, I, I would, I, you know, Tom Izzo, <laughs> you know, in, in, in March, the only team left standings in the Big Ten, it's incredible what he's able to get his teams to do, you know, come the NCAA tournament. I kept my eye on them all season long, honestly. I thought they were going to really peak at the end because they have a really talented roster. They fit very well. And, you know, I, I, I would have to pick them in that game. Uh, I think the Zags are going to get UCLA. I just think UCLA is too banged up. Um, you know, they've had some injuries they're dealing with. They're a little bit thin. They're a really tough team, though. So UCLA is going to have to be ready to battle, especially on the interior and on the boards. But I think I like UCLA in that one. I like Florida Atlantic. Uh, I just think Tennessee, without Sakai Ziegler, they totally just, you know, made it a street fight against Duke, and they just punked them. They really did. I mean, Duke did not handle the physicality well. Duke is a freshman-type team, a little bit inexperienced. And when Tennessee got their mit- got their mitts on them and really manipulated them physically, I think, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to do that against Florida Atlantic. So I like Florida Atlantic in that one. Hmm. And the last one, Arkansas, is, a, is an outstanding basketball game. I mean, that's going to be uh, a really fun one. So um, I would think I think Arkansas can pull off that upset. You know, what they did against Kansas, Coach Musselman is a tremendous NCAA tournament coach. He's a great in-game coach with the, as far as in-game adjustments go. They have freshmen that are really talented, that are playing to really elevate their stock in the NBA draft. So I think I like Arkansas now. Okay, let me go back to Gonzaga and UCLA. You like you like Gonzaga to get UCLA because they're banged up. I do. Okay, I do. All I right. think the Zags are flying under the radar. You know they've made it to the championship game. I don't know if they're that good to win it all this year, but I don't think a lot of people realize how good they are because they haven't been number one, number two all season long. You know, like they've been the last couple seasons. They've been floating around twelve, thirteen, fifteen. But they were playing in a really good league. The West Coast Conference was a lot better than it's been in years past. So I think the Zags get that one. We're talking to Wally Zerbiak, CBS College basketball analyst. Should John Keller Perry be on the hot seat? I don't think so. Um, I just think John Calipari over the years, you know, he's had to kind of adjust to the landscape of college basketball. And right now the landscape of college basketball is completely changing. And 
you know, I think he did a pretty good job this year. They were a couple made threes away from being in the Sweet 16 again. He always gets his team playing well at the end of the season. I think he's got to retool. And I think with the new rules, the transfer portal, the NIL, I don't know why you wouldn't want to go play at Kentucky. So he should have his pick of what players, um, you know, to have moving forward. And with his track record, his success in years past, I don't think there's any reason to move on from from John Calipari. I think he's a great coach. What are your expectations for Rick Pitino at St. John's? Wow, I am excited. I just saw a tweet that popped up on my timeline. He said, any former players who want to stop by um, the campus and watch workouts this summer, you're more than welcome. And I'm going to reach out to Rick and be like, Rick, you know, I didn't play there. I would have loved to, but I wasn't recruited by you guys. But, you know, St. John's is deep in my heart. You know, that's the team I rooted for growing up as a kid. All those St. John's teams, um, you know, with Chris Mullen and company, Malik Seeley and all those teams, Coach Carnesecca, just, you know, the Big East when it was really rolling as the Big East. So I am just ecstatic that Rick got the job. It's about time that St. John's is competitive again at a national level. The Big East is a wonderful conference to watch, and it continues to get better and better. And I think adding Coach Cooley to Georgetown and Rick Pitino to St. John's only elevates that conference even more. And I can't wait to be a part of it and go to games at the Garden. And I hope that uh, St. John's can get back to the tournament and start winning some games in the NCAA tournament. When you were in the NBA and there would be calls that, you know, stars would get, there'd be favoritism. How often would that happen where you go, wait, I, I, didn't, I didn't touch Jordan. Why am I getting <laughs> called for a foul? Uh, you know, I, I gotta be honest. I think when I played, I had no issue with the referees. Uh, when you look back at my career, I maybe only had two or three technicals in 10 years. I just felt like our referees were the best on the planet. Uh, you were able to sit down and you, not sit down. You were able to go over to them and talk to them. You were able to discuss things. The rules were laid out very, very fairly. I think um, one of the reasons why there are some issues with refereeing now is there is a little bit of a turnover. And there is some change. Some of those veterans officials that I was, you know, was officiating my games 15 years ago, they've kind of moved on. They've retired. They've gone up into different, you know, uh, 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 job descriptions and stuff like that. And it takes time as an NBA official to build a chemistry with the players. You have to get used to how certain guys play. You have to get used to when, you know, James Harden gets contact, when Trey Young gets contact. And you have to have experience and i think that's one of the issues that's going on right now another thing is this the few tweaks and rules that they continue to make each summer i think it kind of throws the players and it throws the referees off because you know they start calling it a certain way at the beginning of the season then come playoff time it becomes way more physical and they let all that stuff go and coaches are on their sidelines saying to themselves, where's the consistency of how the game was being called at the beginning of the season to now. So I think the main thing, and I know Tom Thibodeau talks about it all the time in his press conferences. He just wants it consistent. He wants the same call made for both teams on both ends. And then you can't say a word and the officials are trying their best. They're held to a very high criteria. But I just think it takes experienced officials to really get those close calls right. Did you face Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was three years against Jordan when he was in Washington with the Wizards. So, fortunately, you know, we used to get some wins against those guys when I was with the Timberwolves. We played them twice. And then Kobe, 
we faced them in the playoffs three times with Kobe and Shaq. They knocked us, knocked us out of the Western Conference Finals, second round and first round in like three out of five years when I was with the Timberwolves. And then LeBron, yeah, of course, I played against him in Cleveland. And then I played with him in Cleveland for two years in 08 and 09. The difference between those three is on the court is what? Uh, uh, well, they're, they're three of the top of all time. Um, I still put uh, Jordan as number one just because every time he had to win a game, he did. Uh, and the dominance that he had over that era, winning six championships in six years with the six opportunities. I mean, that is just unbelievable to me. And he had that, the mental game, I think, was second to none. Did he make uh, you nervous? Did he scare you? No, no, he didn't. Because again, when I saw him, it was in Washington and, you know, he wasn't quite the same dominant force. Oh, okay. You know, you would go into Washington and you would think, okay, we can get a win because they weren't a great team. You know, they were maybe a 500 team, sub 500 team. So there wasn't fear at that point. What about prime Kobe? Now I feel fear Jordan on the golf course. When I play <laughs> with him down in Florida, he instills fear in me down there. That's for sure. Cause he could play and we're both four handicaps and he kicks my butt. Cause I'm not used to Florida golf. How about prime Kobe? Um, no, I think who instilled more fear in me and our team was Shaq. Honestly, <laughs> you know, they complimented each other wonderfully, obviously, but, um, Shaq was the guy that we really feared on the scouting report. Um, you know, Kobe obviously was going to make the big shots down the stretch, but you needed a game plan for Shaq. Like there was just no force like that, um, ever. And, uh, you know, he just dominated the interior. And if you didn't have three guys ready to double team him when he caught the ball, he was going to score every time he touched it. Any downside um, to being LeBron's teammate? No. LeBron was an outstanding teammate. He was an outstanding father, outstanding friend, outstanding teammate. Absolutely loved my time with him in Cleveland. Um, he brought out the best in me, especially at that point in my career when I was kind of on the downturn dealing with injuries, couldn't play a lot of minutes, but I had a great role as a three-point shooter and a stretch four man. Um, and we had a great season winning 66 games. So uh, LeBron is, is a joy to be with as a person off the floor, as his teammate, and also obviously on the floor, he makes everyone better. I know that uh, you're an analyst for the New York Knicks. How real are the Knicks this year? Oh, they're real. I'm telling you. Um, they continue to surprise me, it seems like, every night out. This team just keeps getting better. Their average age is 23 and a half years old. Jalen Brunson has been one of the best free agent signings in New York sports history. He has completely transformed this franchise, turned around this franchise, solidified the point guard position, which has been an issue with the Knicks for seems like 15 years and Julius Randle's back to playing like a first, second team, all NBA player. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do in the playoffs, but getting back into the playoffs is a start and we'll see if they can win a couple rounds. Good to talk to you, Wally. Have fun today. We appreciate you joining us. Anytime, Dan, all the best. Enjoy Wally. the game. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio radio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Pierce, Hall of Famer, NBA champ, 10-time All-Star, and uh, is the host of Showtime's Basketball Weekly digital series called Ticket and the Truth. So that's uh, with Kevin Garnett, regular contributor to Showtime's uh, Basketball What's Burning series. That's Burn In. I threw a G at the end. Alongside Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, Rachel Nichols, and Paul also contributing to the network's boxing coverage. Look at you. You're becoming a media star. you got an empire going on here. What's going on, Dan? Oh, man, I'm trying, man. I'm enjoying retirement, get to talk sports. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. I want to go back to uh, when you were drafted. So uh, what was that, 1999? Well, there's a couple because at the time I didn't know who Michael Oliver Candy was. <laughs> we still don't know. <laughs> he was number one. And this is not a knock on. And I didn't know who Jason Williams was at the time. You know, all the other guys, I, I knew kind of who, who they were because I don't believe Jason Williams. I know he went to Florida. He wasn't really touted as a, a as a, a, a top player not, not in my, by the media. So I was like, once – you know, Oliver Candy, then I knew Ray Friends, Mike Bibby, these guys, Jameson and Vince. 
Then with Jason Williams, I was like, what? Who is that? <laughs> I didn't know what position he played or nothing. And so, and then it was just like, you know, I didn't know what was going on once it got past him. And then Tractor Trailer and Dirk Nowitzki? Tractor tra- I didn't know who Dirk Nowitzki was either. And I was like, man, that was three guys I didn't even hear about. Going to <laughs> Where did you <laughs> think you were going? I thought at worst I would go to Golden State at worst. That was the fifth pick, I believe, or fourth or fifth pick at worst. You know, but I thought originally I was supposed to go number two to Vancouver at the time, which is the Memphis Grizzlies now. And so once it got past top five, I was like, I was in the days over there. I was trying to keep a cool head, but I was I was weary in the green room. But, you know, I don't know if you keep a chip on your shoulder because of that. How long can you keep a chip on your shoulder? Uh, uh, until all the coaches and general managers are fired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and okay. most of them were after like my third or fourth year. <laughs> I think you might have stayed in college too long. <laughs> At the time, it, it, uh, I probably did. You know, but like junior year, think about it though, Dan. Junior year was leaving early back then. Yeah. Until Kevin Garnett jumped from high school, you know, guys leaving early was junior year. You know, and then, but that year, Stephon Marbury and Sharif Abdul-Rahim left as freshmen, and that kind of like, the floodgates opened after that from high school players and freshmen leaving college and and going to the pro. Who challenged you more in your face, Kobe or KG? Oh, man, KG. I had to see KG every day when he got to Boston. I mean, I mean, goodness, that, that was like, Every day, and that was my boy. But when you were playing against, when he was in Minnesota, and and Kobe's with the Lakers, and then when you would face those teams? Most likely Kobe, because I matched up more with him. But I would never forget a game to where we played Minnesota, and I know I was playing against Wally Zerbiak, and I was like, I was was like having a pretty good game, and then KG switched off on me. (laughs) Didn't let me touch the ball for a whole two or three minutes, and I never felt anything like that. He denied me the ball, and then the half court. I mean, it was just like he—he he just all defensive principles went out the went out the window, and he just didn't want me to catch the ball. If you look at KG, and I, I'm always curious about this because we want you guys to win championships. So if LeBron leaves Cleveland, oh, you know, he's chasing rings, or Durant leaves Oklahoma City, KG was staying in Minnesota, and yeah. and and he was loyal. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kevin McHale and Danny Ainge make that deal. But you're like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you chase a ring, right. we're going to criticize you. And if you don't chase a ring, we're going to criticize you. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Kevin didn't chase a ring. We did it the more, you know, he, he got traded. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm a free agent and I'm going to go here. So it looks a little bit different the way we put our, our pieces together than, you know, uh, LeBron going to Miami or or KD going to Golden State where, you know, you, you put these pieces together. Ours was kind of like we did it the more traditional way. And so it doesn't look as, as bad, I don't think. He's Paul Pierce, Hall of Famer, joining us. Who's your vote for MVP? Man, this is a tough one. Me and KG was talking about this yesterday. And this is, this is what we came to. We're watching MB close, but Giannis is playing against the Joker this weekend, I believe. Whoever has the better game and team wins should be MVP. 
Wow. How about we put the award at the scorer's table? Right, right. If Giannis goes in there and has like 35 and 15 and and, and they win the game in Denver, it goes – this is the closest I've ever seen the race because you can really toss a coin up and say you can give it to Embiid, nobody's going to be mad. You can give it to Joker, no one's going to be mad. You can give it to, to Giannis and nobody's going to be mad about it. I just think there's voter fatigue with Joker. You know, winning, you know, three three times and then you put him in the category with Bird and Wilt and Bill Russell. I, it yeah. feels like that with the voters that they're almost realizing, oh, my God, he can't win it three times in a row. Let's give it to Embiid. Yeah, I mean, but when you look at it, the, the number's not going to lie. And when, when I look at those three guys, Dan, he's doing the most with the least. He doesn't have a second all-star because, you know, Embiid has a James Harden, who's an all-time great, who should have been all-star. Drew Holiday and Middleton are all-stars in Milwaukee. We can't say that about anybody else in Denver. And, and he's the number one seed in the Western Conference, which nobody had Denver being on top of the West before the season started. So, we, you know, it, it's, it's going to be tough to not give it to him, but I understand that there is voter fatigue. We saw the uh, incident last night with the Mavs and the Warriors, and Mark Cuban's probably going to get fined for his comments. And, you know, it was kind of a crazy call and then a timeout. And next thing you know, Golden State's gotten an easy two at the end of the third quarter. But having played the game, how many times would you go into a game and go, oh, but damn, he's officiating? And you knew that he he didn't like you. Man, a lot. You know, I always would. <laughs> you know, the first thing, let me tell you this. This is a true story. You can ask Mike Gorman, you know, our sideline reporter, before every game, I would go to the scores table and i say, who's refing tonight? And he'll, he'll show me the list of the three refs, and I'll just be like, oh, damn, this is going to be – and this will tell me if it's going to be a long night or not. And there are certain refs that didn't like – you know, maybe they didn't like Doc. It was somebody that certain refs didn't like somebody on our team or, or our coach. <laughs> every night I felt like. But there, I don't know how frustrating is that when you're like, I can't get a call, or they're gonna call you for a foul and you didn't foul anybody. Yeah, but see, the, the reason I asked before the game is so I could be mentally prepared to not get calls or, you know, all right, this is gonna be a fair a fair fight tonight. So it, it really prepared me just knowing coming to the game that all right, I know I can't look to expect any calls tonight, so I got to play through that. So it, it really helped me to know who was ref before the game. You got any grudges that you still hold against players? <laughs> any grudges against players? Yeah. No, I don't have any grudges anymore, man. I know I know it may seem like uh, I don't like certain players, but no, I don't have I don't have any grudges, man. I I I think these guys are are they put their they sacrificed so much for the game of basketball and, you know, their families that, you know, I, I could never hold grudges. What about 10 years ago? Did you have some grudges? 10 years ago when I was in the game, well, I just played like I didn't like anybody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't a grudge. I just didn't like you that day when we played against each other. You didn't like LeBron? I actually respected LeBron more than anybody, but he always brought out the best in me. Yeah. And it was easy to not like him because, you know, he, he he put up these historic games all the time on me. So I was just like, geez, I wish I was his age. Maybe I could have kept up with him a little more. <laughs> you can see and hear more of Paul Showtime Basketball's weekly digital series, Ticket and the Truth, 
And you can bet there's a lot of opinions there with uh, KG and a regular contributor to Showtime Basketball's What's Burning, uh, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, Rachel Nichols. I think I might have been at a strip club one night and Stephen Jackson was there in Indianapolis. <laughs> and I made it out alive, Paul. If Steven Jackson there, you're going to definitely make it out alive. He got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, but, but I think I survived that one night. Uh, hey, great to talk to you. Congrats on uh, the career there, or the second career. And thanks for joining yeah. us. Oh, thank you, Dan. Always a pleasure. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Lewis Reddick, he's a busy guy. He's set to join us and uh, at Bryce Young's Pro Day, and that'll be at the bottom of the hour. Also, Will Levis, Kentucky's Pro Day, that's going to be tomorrow. But yesterday it was all about C.J. Stroud and his Pro Day, and feels like there's a, a foregone conclusion that that's the number one quarterback in the draft. Lewis joining us now. What did you think going in, and what did you think going out of C.J. Stroud's Pro Day? That's a great question. Look, going in, I, Dan, I always liked CJ because of his his calmness in the pocket, his ability to win in the pocket, his size, his accuracy, his decision making. How the people at Ohio State had told me that this was a guy who was a high level processor. He was not someone who was just benefiting from being around great players and a good scheme, and and you know he didn't have to have you know really do a whole lot on his own within that scheme in order to make it work. So I, I believed all of that when I was told that, and then watching him play on tape and then seeing him yesterday, I'm going, look, and talking to the young man, but he's got that presence, that charisma, that awareness that you want to see in someone who's being considered to be the number one overall pick. Okay? You, you just do. He weighed in. He was yesterday. He was 6'3", 213. He's a, he's a slenderly built guy. You, don't, you, don't, you wouldn't even think he's 213 pounds. You would think – yeah, he could easily probably put on 10, 15 pounds as his body matures and all. So he's going to get bigger and stronger. He's just really, to me, he's a total package. Now, what's interesting about this debate that's going on now between him and Bryce is every single – I'm standing down here in Alabama's facility right now as this, you know, things get ramped up down here. Every single person will tell you, and you've seen him, if you made Bryce 6'2", if he was 6'2", 213, 6'3", 213, many people believe there wouldn't even be a discussion okay. about who the number one quarterback is. And that's really where the rub is. That's where the debate is. That's where the discussion really centers. Do you want the bigger guy who, quite honestly, can do a lot of the things that the smaller guy can do, not everything that he can do, but, a lot, but many of the things and should be a great pro, or do you want the smaller guy who is just absolutely freaking electric, but you may worry about his availability over a 10, 15-year career. All right, so I'll make you the GM. You're Carolina. You're on the clock. Could you make a choice right now, even though you haven't seen Bryce Young do his pro date? You know, I'll tell you what. I, I Another great question. I look forward to standing next to Bryce. I want to see him. I want to feel his presence. I want to feel what he feels like standing next to him. Having been a player, like I, I have a good sense of guys who, like to me, really – like, if it worries me or if it doesn't. Like, standing next to C.J. Stroud, I mean, this guy's a typical quarterback. He, he's got a typical NFL quarterback build. I want to feel what Bryce feels like standing next to him, if that makes sense, and just kind of sense what his, what his body structure looks like and how big he is. I just want to see that kind of thing. After that, look, I already believe that I would take C.J. Stroud after everything that I've learned and everything that I've watched and what I believe – you know, leads to longevity at that position from a from a body structure standpoint. But it's hard it's hard to it's hard to go against the young man. What questions are you allowed to ask on these pro days when you're around these players? You know, you really kind of keep it um, surface level okay. when you're when you're talking about from a media perspective. All right, so from a personnel perspective. A lot of the questions have already been asked of these guys. 
the scouts, the personnel directors, the GMs, you know, they've been into the schools. They have seen him at the combine. They have talked to all kinds of people who are close to him to where they are able to gather the kind of information that they really need. Now, there's still more fact-finding that they're going to, that they're going to, you know, go on as far as trying to make sure that they've crossed every T, dotted every I. But by and large, a lot of the information's already been gathered. The longer this process goes, quite honestly, then is when people start to make mistakes because you start <laughs> overthinking the data. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and, and you know what else happens at this time of year? A lot of people start getting into the decision-making process that quite honestly weren't in it from the very beginning, and then they start throwing curveballs at it. And next thing you know, the people who have been in it from the beginning who thought they had a good idea – you're like, oh, damn, I don't even know what I know anymore. Well, that's why. Now I'm, now I'm second-guessing myself. But, Lewis, you know what I, mean? I don't know how I would feel if I'm the coach or GM of the Panthers and David Tepper yeah. is there. So the owner is there. I don't want right. my owner involved in this. My owner became a billionaire not making football decisions in business. Yeah. This is where you have to let the people you hired. But David Tepper is going to be involved in this decision. How would, oh, yeah, you, how would you handle that? If you were the GM, how would you handle that of, uh, I, yeah, David, we, yeah, he's, he's a really good player. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think he, what's funny is I ate breakfast next to David Temple this morning. You're staying in the same hotel. So uh, he, um, I think you'd handle it like this. Look, I think guys who have made uh, fortunes for themselves, like he has obviously have, very, very brilliant, sharp minds. They have a great sense about about business, about setting goals, about people and, and surrounding themselves with people who are smart and people who have leadership qualities and who are intrinsically motivated. And also I would want to lean on that kind of expertise from an owner in that regard. When it, came, when it comes to, you know, a quarterback's movement in the pocket, whether or not, you know, operating out of the gun or the pistol or under center, I would be like, hey, why don't you leave that stuff to us? <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll handle that. Yeah. You know, you, but, but as far as the personality evaluation, yeah, I, I think there's, there's without a doubt there's something that owners can definitely provide in that regard. And, and quite honestly, at the, end, you know, at the end of the day, it's his team. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind it. As yeah, but it's as, your job. Your, your job's at stake, too, off this pick. He doesn't know, get fired. That's true, and and I think that's where like I'm I'm big on relationships and big on communication, and I think that's something that in, in the beginning when you're maybe interviewing for one of these jobs and you're a prospective GM and you're going to take the job, you say, hey, look, when we have these kind of decisions inevitably come up, I hope you will give me your word that you'll lean on my expertise for the things that you're hiring me for, and not have me sitting here second guessing myself and or changing my opinions because I'm trying to appease you. Because then things get all screwed up. Then I'm not really doing my job, so don't even hire me if you're going to do that to me. I think those are the kind of things that you need to be honest about. Talking to Lewis Riddick, he's at Bryce Young's Pro Day, the former player, ESPN NFL analyst. What could Bryce Young do today that mm-hmm. would secure being the number one overall pick in the draft? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it makes a difference, Dan. I mean, people... Well, he, he's going he's gonna to tear it up out here. I mean, he's in shorts. He's going to be throwing to guys who he's, he's already thrown to. He knows what throws he's going to do. He knows what it's going to feel like. He's, been, he's a big game hunter anyway. He's been in these kind of situations before. I mean, throwing in front of scouts, is, he's throwing in front of 90, 100,000 people. It's not going to matter to him. So I don't think there's anything he can really do. What this is really, 
this is just another box checking, uh, you know, scenario for scouts and GMs to kind of say, well, we've covered all of our bases. Because, I mean, the further you get away from playing the games, again, that's where you start making mistakes in terms of your evaluation. Go back to the tape. Go back to the character assessment. Go back to the football and personal character assessment. Go back to the medical. Use all that stuff then to arrive at at a decision that best fits your football team relative to what you can offer the young man. This, This pro day really is just confirmation. It's really just, again, checking off a box, making yourself feel better about probably a decision that you're probably well down the road to already making anyway. I don't know if this player was on Aaron Rodgers' list, but what did you think of the Jets picking up McColt Hardman and trading away Elijah Moore? I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. I am too. I'm kind of of disappointed, to be honest with you. I I mean, I loved how electric he is. Saw him in training camp last year um, before we did their Monday night game in the preseason. What do we not know about this situation? Because if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I I want him. McColl Hardman can run fast. Uh, yeah. Elijah Moore can make plays. Yeah, he sure can. I, I think there's there's a couple there's probably a couple layers to it. I mean that it sounds like from the you know, from the details of the trade that they were able to pick up a, a higher draft pick as well. I think they were able to acquire a two uh by trading him away. And McColl you're right, McColl and him are not really the same player. They don't have the same skill set for sure. I agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah. I think this is all part of a bigger picture, all part of a bigger plan, so to make sure that they have the right assets to try and acquire Aaron. Because it's a, that that that's the more interesting thing to me, Dan. Is like exactly what does this, what do the trade parameters for Aaron Rodgers actually look like? Like what is? Because there's some people who believe like the Jets shouldn't do anything because the Packers have to trade him. Because if they don't, it just cripples them salary cap wise. So why should the Jets be sweating trying to offer them all kinds of stuff to make them happy while at the same time people or some people will say, well, Green Bay doesn't have to do anything either because the Jets don't have a plan B without Aaron Rodgers. So it's, it's an interesting stare down between these two to, you know, to figure out which one's going to really wind up winning this deal. Because both teams have an argument to say, hey, look, we don't have to do anything. Well, we don't have to do anything either. <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting. And at the same, you know, while we sit there on the airways and talk about it day after day. Oh, I know. I know. I feel for you guys because I talk <laughs> about it, you know, only when I want to talk about it, not when I'm told yeah. to talk about it. I hear you. Yes. I hear you. Hey, yep. uh, talk about the Cowboys today. What are we talking about? Uh, I, I don't know. Are, uh, <laughs> make something up. Yeah. Keep fighting yeah. the good fight there. And do it in yeah. a real subtle way when you walk up to stand next to Bryce Young that he doesn't. Yeah realize that you're measuring yourself yes <laughs> yeah yes i will I, I won't i won't give them the up and down like yeah, <laughs> yeah I, i'll try not to although I, I know i'll be doing it though hey have fun uh great to talk to you thanks for joining us of course man thanks it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through i'm holly robinson pete join us on the visibility gap a new podcast presented by cigna healthcare Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The fully electric EQS sedan from Mercedes-Benz is innovation on a magnificent scale. Available with the epic 56-inch touch-sensitive hyperscreen. The vehicle is all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com EQS. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. 
brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 